Hello everybody, welcome back to the Japan Holic Podcast, the one-man podcast right about topics all about Japan, anime, and games discussed by a certified Japanaholic. I am your host, Taylor, the Japanaholic, and it is the first Wednesday of a brand new month, which is March. Oh, we're getting so close to spring, oh, my favorite season, next to summer, and then fall, and then my least favorite winter. Uh, yes, anyways, <clears throat> so because it is the first Wednesday of the brand new month, we're returning back to some anime news, um, and I'm gonna be, I, like, I wanna specify this, because there is so much news going on in the country of Japan, that I obviously, if I wanted to talk about it, I would, but I'm only wanting to talk about anime for anime news, so there's that. There's so much Japan news that's been going on lately. I may end up doing a top Japan news, but do not quote me on that. Um, cause you know, I kind of want to talk about the earthquake that happened earlier in February, but a lot of people have already talked about it. So there's that. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the Olympics because there's been some drama going on with, uh, some of the higher ups, but like I said in the last one, last topic. Other people have mentioned that as well. So I don't really want to talk too much about those two. Um, but do know that uh, there's been some pretty massive things in uh, the month of February in terms of news. Um, it's super difficult for me to just narrow it down even in anime. Top anime news. Because there's been so much stuff going on. I only have a few like main topics to talk about that's how i want it on these uh on these episodes um for a lot of people who are listening to these you know they probably are expecting me to like talk about like a certain manga ending or a certain manga being serialized picked up or whatever um if i went through all of that i'd be here for hours because you know talking about top of top of them top series uh, and stuff like that, and, yeah, I'm gonna try and, like, not go over too much of those, uh, like, mangas that are ending or starting up. There are a few big ones that I do want to talk about, though, um, that I think are at least pretty big, but in terms of anime news, we're gonna go, we're gonna start off with possibly the biggest, I wanna say. Uh, actually, these first two are going to be quite massive. Actually, first three. Um, the second one being not as big as the first one, but the third one is definitely the biggest. I'll say this. Um, we're going to go virtual YouTuber topics here for just a couple minutes. Um, and these first two were actually, no, let's scratch that. The first one is absolutely bad. The second one, kind of not so much. I'll talk more about that in the second topic. But it was announced, possibly, you, everybody possibly knows this. Because um, this certain virtual YouTuber has had over... Okay, so I wanted to... So, uh, give me hold that thought for just a second. Okay, February 19th. It was announced by Vom's uh, official Twitter account... That Jitomi Manore, 
would be terminated due to a contract breach. What that contract breach was, they never specified, nor will they possibly ever specify until later, if ever, because of the fact of co contract breaches are pretty big. And it was pretty serious enough that uh, Manoe had to get terminated from VOMS. If you do not know uh, who VOMS is in terms of virtual YouTubers, they have Pikami and they have uh, Hoshita, I think that's the other one's name. Um, and they also had Jitomi. They only had, at least as of like February 18th, they had three uh, virtual YouTubers, all of them hitting... Uh, 100,000 subscribers. Uh, Minoe was the last out of the three. And she reached her 100,000 on February 6th. Just a couple weeks later, she would end up getting terminated. Just a couple weeks shy of their one year anniversary of debuting. Because I think she debuted... Uh, let's see... Yeah, she debuted March 19th. So, you know, the middle of March would have been their one-year anniversary. Um, if you are a massive virtual YouTuber fan like myself and try to keep up with all of the, the many, many, many virtual YouTubers, it is absolutely tough to see somebody go... Through a termination process. Um, because. It hurts. If you're a massive fan of them. Because essentially what happens. Is. A Twitter post comes out. Saying. You know. Th this is going on. Like they're being terminated. Not even a minute later. All of their videos privatized. Gone. Everything's gone. From them. Okay, um, essentially that's what happened with Manoe. Both, uh, um, Pikami and I think the, I want to double, let me double check the other one's name just really quickly. Double Shika, yeah, I got it right. Okay, I was just making sure. But yes, both th those two live streamed their reactions. And... Or responses, I should say. Let me tell you, that was not easy watching those two streams. It was not easy. Um, and Bombs is gonna have to go through. Uh, I mean, Bombs only has two uh characters to go off of, which in terms, if you're like looking for like an agency or whatever to follow that. It doesn't have too many. There you go. You got two. Only got two to follow. You know. Um, and they're both really great characters. And they're played by great personalities and stuff like that. They play their parts really well. So, I, you know, if you haven't checked out Voms or Vox Monsters Projects, as it that's what its full name's called, I really recommend uh, watching all of them, or at least both of them now, because of... The fact that they're really great streamers. Absolutely great. And talented as well. Um. Oh boy. That's a little tough to. That's a little tough. But I think that one's the. In terms of virtual YouTuber news. That is the 
most painful that I have to get off my chest. One that is not so painful, but also a little bit painful, is a graduation. An actual graduation. A independent streamer known as Neko Neneka. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know of uh, Neneka. Uh, she was a independent streamer that got popular. Um, this month. Uh, her activity started back in August, but she recently started this concept stream where back in like the middle of February, maybe the start of February, I can't remember exactly, but she started live streaming some exact day, I can't remember, and went all the way to the end of February straight. One stream, one continuous stream. The goal for this was because of the fact that she was having a hard time financially being stable so she wanted to do this stream in hopes that she would get ad revenue super chats and all that sort of good stuff from youtube in order to financially <clears throat> excuse me financially support herself well she announced on twitter on the 20th or the 21st one of the two um that an agency uh, recently contacted her and that she'll be actually um, having to restart. Okay. Basically, graduating. Because assuming that this agency um, will give the, the person behind Nenica a chance to grow and become bigger than what she is right now. In fact, um, I think the last time I checked her channel, she had about 50,000 subscribers. Relatively small virtual YouTuber, but she grew. Actually, let me double check that really quickly because it's been a hot minute. Yeah, 60,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, relatively small for a virtual YouTuber, but she gained massive popularity uh, in the span of the uh, this month because of the uh, her... 14-day continuous stream project. Um, so, you know, her her continuous stream kind of helped her out in, in the end, which is amazing. Okay, so that one's kind of, you know, yeah, you, you get to... On the bad side, yes, you have this character, Neko Netica, graduating, or technically being, you know, tossed aside. But... <clears throat> The person behind Nenica actually will be able to financially support herself with this. Uh, I, I, well, I don't want to say it's an agency because it's not confirmed if there was an agency. But she said that she was going to, in her Twitter post, that she was going to restart as a new personal VTuber. Which kind of is essentially being like, hey, I got an agency and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, so there's that. Um, so for the both of those, for two, for both of those, uh, that I just listed off and talked about, um, however they, uh, put themselves out there on YouTube in the future, I, at least I do have all the support. I can give them all the support that I could give them as, you know, as of right now. So there's that. 
Also, this one's pretty big. Pretty big, if I do say so myself. In terms of virtual YouTuber news. And this one will be the last virtual YouTuber news of today. So, I promise. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> so. Hololive English. Second generation. Is going to be a thing. February 11th. CoverCorp announced the second round of auditions for Hololive English. And the application process... Ads in the end of March, March 26th, if I remember correctly, um, is not in this situation. They do say that it's gender irrelevant. Okay, so maybe we'll get some Hollow Stars English, but then again, that I think they said this the last time with uh, the first generation. Um, some of the basic requirements is obviously you need experience to be fluent in English and to be 18 years old. Those three requirements are pretty, uh, easy for me to handle. <laughs> I am 19. I can speak English most times. And I think I have some experience. I do say so. If I do say so myself, we're doing stuff. But let's be real here. Let's be real. There's over 10,000 people I'm going to shoot in the dark. Shoot a gun in the dark. Maybe I got that right. Maybe I'm wrong. But judging by how big Hololive is in terms of um, overseas fans. Oh, there's going to be a ton of people applying for this. And... Um, I don't know if I said, I think I said this during like the Nichi, when Nichi Sanji was announcing their for, uh, first wave of, um, English speaking, um, VTubers. I don't know how Hololive is going to go through all of these, let alone 80%, let alone half of the applications, um, with the team that they have. Not to say like, you know the team is small or the team is bad. It's just when you have over 10,000 at the very least of applications, that's just what I'm thinking because, you know, judging by how there's a lot of Hololive fans and how the reason why we're seeing still to this day an in increase in VTuber debuts and stuff like that, Still to this day, I kind of think we're going to be seeing applications around 10,000, maybe more. But at the same time, even less than that, just a little less than that, is still a ton compared to how many is going to be actually debuting. Like, five at the least at the most I don't know um I think the most Hololive's ever done in terms of like uh generation debut was like f six if I remember like five or six but like still when you have about like obviously at least a thousand people almost ten thousand people applying for these spots it's going to be a little tricky to be all like all right which ones are the best of the best you gotta go like tournament style 
which speaking of, I did a whole tournament thing in Madden 08 with EuroCamp on my YouTube channel. I don't know why I decided to speak that. It's not the only time I'm going to be talking about EuroCamp today, but whatever. So I think other than that, that'll wrap up all of the virtual YouTuber news. Um, at least the big three. I only wanted to talk about the big three that come off the top of my head. Obviously, a lot of, I think maybe a, uh, I think somebody from Hololive hit a million. I can't remember. Watson, I don't think, I don't think Watson hit it this month. I think it was la uh, a couple months ago. I don't remember. So, yeah, it was just those big three that I wanted to talk about. But speaking of the big three, let's talk about Demon Slayer. Because Demon Slayer still to this goddamn day is still breaking records and is still shattering the news in terms of <laughs> everything. I, I, I don't even know that there's anything that it hasn't been in the news for yet. So... Two things on Demon Slayer that I want to talk about today that have come out past month. First one. Probably. Nah, that's not the biggest. The next one's going to be the biggest. Sorry. But Demon Slayer has been listed with not just a theater run in, a, in the United States. But a Oscar qualifying run in the theaters. Rem... Listen Listen to that statement. Demon Slayer has a chance to win an Oscar. Which, the Oscars are shit, first off. And so are the Golden, Golden Globes or whatever the fuck it's called. They're all shit. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yay. An anime getting listed in uh, the Oscars, more than likely. That's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, uh, right now in, near Miami, at least as of uh, uploading this, uh, the film is being listed in theaters. And it's also, um, it's also going to be, like, showed across the United States early 2021. It didn't say... When, but it just said that we're going, it's going to be going around the states in terms of, uh, theaters, if it can. Okay. <clears throat> so, if you live in the states, which that's where most of my listeners come from, unsurprisingly enough, uh, you may be able to catch Demon Slayer in theaters if you haven't seen the movie yet already. And, oh, good God, this one, I still can't, un I, this is still unbelievable to me. So, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest, possibly the biggest news of this month. Um, in terms of, just in general, anime in general. Demon Slayer has passed Spirited Away as the number one all-time Japanese film worldwide. In terms of box office sales. The anime film has sold... A total, and this is as of February 23rd, as of 20, or excuse me, a total of 27.45 million tickets and has earned roughly $360 million USD just in Japan, just in Japan, which beats 
uh, Spirited Away, which I'm trying to find that one. I think that was, um, let me look at this real quick. Total posters are current to 383 million worldwide box office total of Spirited Away. Yeah. Okay. So just in Japan alone, uh, just in Japan alone, Demon Slayer's film is 360 million worldwide. It, uh, worldwide at least for Spirited Away, um, is 383 million. Demon Slayer has made the equivalent of 399 million in all of Asia alone. Okay. That's just alone. So it just blew out Spirited Away. It completely blew it out by almost 15 million. No, yeah, yeah, 15 million. I said that right. Oh my lord. And that's just Asia by itself. We still have to go through Europe and America. Believe me, once this thing hits a uh, theaters in America... There's no question that this this film will hit about 500 million in theater or uh, worldwide, 500 million dollars worldwide. Crazy, absolutely blistering. Like this thing is not far from being done. All right, 2021 is going to be a bigger year for Demon Slayer, I bet, especially because there's been a second season announced for Demon Slayer that's coming out here soon. That is just absolutely insane. So, with that out of the way, let's go to a couple minor news. First off, My Hero Academia's fifth season preview's opening theme, which is apparently performed by the Peggies. I don't give a shit about My Hero Academia. I just saw that it was being performed by the Peggies. And, and I like the Peggies. So that's cool, I guess. Alright, so I'm just going to go over a couple minor anime things that um, I've gotten interested in over the past couple of weeks. Starting off with I shaved and brought a high school girl home. Which the title is the fucking most light novelist title to have ever, ever be written. They released their, uh, their little PV. Uh, it's made by the same studio that's currently making the, is it the, um, I think it's the same studio, if I remember correctly, that is making the Nagatoro anime adaptation. Um, and I believe it's also the one... Let's see. what Which one is it that's making right now? I always confuse... Um, I always... Is it... No. Is it Bilberry? No, it's not. No, it's not. Excuse me. No. Um, Which one are they making this... Oh, uh, Jakuchara Tomozaki. That's the one it is. Okay, project number nine is making uh, Tomozaki. Um, I knew they were, they were making something this, but I couldn't remember what the what the anime anime was. Sorry, but yes, they they released their uh, PV for this upcoming spring anime that I really don't want to repeat the title of again. Um, and I've gotten severely interested in this series and um. I am definitely going to be looking at the anime adaptation when it comes out. Um, 
Eurocamp, which I will never, ever, ever not talk about, uh, uh, talk about Eurocamp, uh, because that's my absolute f- favorite series of all time. If you couldn't tell by my Twitter page or my even my YouTube channel page, now two things. One, I'll uh, talk about this really quick before I get to the main thing I want to talk about for Eurocamp. Uh, Eurocamp's VR game is coming out mid March, finally, at least in terms of. The U.S. sales, obviously, if you're in Japan or I think just Asia in general, you can get it anytime you want on on uh, whatever platform you're on that supports VR, even phones. Get get Google Cardboard and you could use it. Hit, um, but I can't remember the exact date. I heard it was just coming out in late March, early April, if that. So yeah, there's that. Now, laid back camp, live action season two. Is going to be coming out April 1st. Oh man. I haven't seen all of the live action from season 1. Because it is super difficult. Absolutely difficult. For me to um, uh, watch it. Because I don't have a VPN or whatever. But. I'm going to watch all of it. And I think. Uh, as it said. I think it has 12 episodes as well. Not sure. I'm looking forward to it, though. I mean, my God, it's an amazing. All right. I'm going to go over these last three right here. And the last one that I want to talk about here uh, at the very end is kind of like a subject um, that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. So we're just going to get through these last two first. though. And this one. Oh, I'm hyped. Dude, I'm hyped. Because Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maids, second season, released a PV, and it is fire. Because it involves rapping. Oh, my God. Also, because of the fact that one of the new dragons is apparently causing a massive stir because of, you know, basically Uzaki-chan 2.0, but this time Dragon dragon but no um so the new director for this um um the new director who's directing this uh is the one that directed sound euphonium so that makes me very confident in this second season because dude sound euphonium was really good all right so, there's that. But I'm super hyped. Koito Animations is fucking back. It is finally, finally back. Oh, my God. And the anime that, in question, will premiere in the Suma. Alright, so there's that. Um, Then I just want to go over, before we get into this last, to- uh, last topic here, probably a big one to a lot of folks. I just want to go over a couple uh, North American anime and manga releases. That have, you know, come out in the past couple of uh, days. So, we have, uh, and this is just for, like, uh, retails and stuff like that here in North America. Whether you live in Mexico, the United States, or, uh, yeah, United States, or Canada. You will be able to buy a couple of these. Uh, there's also, like, a huge, massive list as well. Um, just for this week alone. You can get the Konosuba Second Season Plus the OVA uh, bundled 
Um, you can, and that's for just anime releases. You could also get Brave 10, Fairy Tale, The Final Season, Food Wars, Lupin the Third, which I saw was in theaters near me, which was kind of weird. Um, I haven't seen anything about that though. <laughs> in terms of print manga releases, Bakemonogatari GN7, Cells at Work Baby GN1. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. The Girl Without a Face, GN1. How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, GN5. A Man and His Cat, GN1. The Otaku in 10,000 BC, GN3. That sounds like a great fucking... <laughs> I need to read up on that, actually. Uh, the Saga of Tanya the Evil, GN13. Slasher Maidens, GN2. Stiff Stick, GN3. Thicker Than Water, GN... Uh, the White Cat's Revenge as Plotted from the Dragon King's Lap, GN2. And Toilet Bound Hanukukun GN7, which, you know, like I said before, there's a couple more that you, that is also on this list as well. I'm just naming off a very, very tiny amount of few. Digital manga releases, Arachi and uh, uh, Shimamura, GN1. Alice in the Country of Hearts, GN1. Bakamonogatori, GN7. Days, GN22. Uh, Days on Fest GN1, Failed Princesses GN3, that sounds like a porn, not gonna lie, sorry. Uh, Dumbbells that you lift GN5, like I said earlier. Uh, what else is new? What I Love About You! That's a good song. GN3, When We're In Love GN5. Uh, print novel releases, The Boredom of Haruhi Suzumiya Novel. Date Alive Novel 1, The Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya Novel. Do you love your mom and her two-hit multi-target attacks? No. Novel 8, The Greatest Demon Lord is Reborn as a Typical Nobody. Novel 5, Typical Isekai. Uh, I'm in love with a villainist. Novel, novel, novel 2. <laughs> it, says novel, it says novel twice. I don't know why. Uh, Kodasuba's God's Blessing on this Wonderful Earth. Uh, novel 13. Uh, digital novel releases are the same. Video game releases... Uh, Persona 5 Strikers, released for the PS4, Switch, and PC, and Code Realize, uh, went f on the Switch, and that is, yeah, that's pretty much it for that topic. Now, let's get into this last topic here that I want to talk about here, which, God, I don't know if it's just me, but I hate when mangas end. So... Actually, I have two of them that actually stabbed me in the heart quite hard. The first one being Nanan Biori. For those who have not followed me over on Twitter, over at the Japanaholic One, you know that I have a strong like for Slow Burner Slice of Lives. Obviously, with Eurocamp and other shows such as um, Nanan Biori. And a place farther than the universe. And Asteroid and Love. Those four I could name off right off the top of my head in terms of those. Uh, they are absolutely adorable. Um, as well as Satori Bochi, but that's a slice of life. But anyways. Um, so it hurt me quite, quite much when um, Nanan Biori finally released their final chapter uh, of the manga series. And um, not just that. But Horimiya is finally uh, ending after a, a long 10-year run. March 18th is when the final chapter will be released. Oh. I don't know about you, but I just feel like a part of me just 
slips away. Every time, like, I just, I read a article that says, this manga comes to an end. This manga is ending. The final chapter is here and stuff like that. It's like, I understand that you really don't, as a, as a, as a mangaka, you don't want to create, you know, the same series for over like 20 years or whatever especially if it's just like a like a very basic kind of series i mean if you're if you're working on the the series like attack on titan or my hero academia or something pretty big you probably don't want to stop it until you feel like out of it like you feel like you can't perform anything new to the to the table but Man, it's just, as a fan, it just kind of hurts. Because, like, once you finish Hordimiya, once you finish Ganda and Biori, you're just like, you want more. But you won't get more. Unless, like, a follow-up story or a side story is announced. But, you know, that's kind of difficult to, you know, predict. Um, for example, with Yagate Kibidinaru, Blooming You, with with that series, that series is like one of the best Yuri romance mangas I think I've ever read. Um, probably up there with a lot of other people and stuff like that. But when it was, you know, when the time came that I got to the final chapter, I was just like, I felt like even though I wanted more. I knew that if I got more, I probably wasn't going to be happy either. <laughs> because of how, like, the ending is, like, possibly the best ending you could possibly do in that sort of, in that, in that manga. But, you know, just because of the fact that you're not going to get any more updates, you know, you're not going to get any more, like, opportunities to see how these two characters are doing, um, unless they do, like, a follow-up one-off chapter or one-off volume it just it leaves you wanting more but you know you probably shouldn't get more you know what I mean so you know this has been like a thing with you know anime ever since it fucking started back in the the do you want to say the 20s or the 60s how, how far back do you want to say it started anyways but, like, it's always been a thing. You know, every, somebody will work on something for, like, 10 years, 15 years, and then they will stop. Because, for obvious reasons, you know, they probably get bored of making the series. Or they feel like, you know, they, they've they completed what they've wanted to do with the series. And then they, um, and then they stop. And then they either work on something brand new, or they just, you know, straight up retire and just live off of what they've done in the past but it won't hit me as hard until Eurocamp has announced there that it's going to end and I have a strong feeling it's not going to be very very long before something like that is announced we have uh, about what almost 11 volumes of this series Nanyan Biordi only went for a solid 150 chapters I mean, at some point, you're going. Afro's going to stop doing Eurocamp and work on Mono, which is his other work, which is also a great uh, series, by the way, which has two volumes, I believe. So, yeah, 
that's a pretty good that's a pretty good series um i need to read up on volume two though so there's that um man though i mean i don't like reporting um any sort of news that a manga is ending because it's just something that i'm just like i'm not a big fan of that kind of news because I'm just like, you know, every time I scroll through uh, AnimeNewsNetwork.com and I just see this series is ending. And it's like a series that I've had, like, interest in. I'm just like, oh, damn. I mean, that's if it's a good ending, that's great, but damn. Because one thing I've never... One thing I've just never liked is just... I've always liked reading ongoing mangas because I just like that thrill of being able to be all like if I'm caught up I can wait till the next update boom especially as somebody who's a, who uh works as a typesetter outside of doing the podcast and doing YouTube and Twitter and working at my part-time job I also do typesetting for certain mangas uh for some groups I just kind of find that thrill of just you know getting to update the chapter or whatever it's just like really great especially if it's a series I love and I'm working on it it's like really great to work on a series like that and you know I I it probably would hit me even harder if I was working as a typesetter on the final chapter because it'd be all like damn well, I'm working on my last final 20 pages as a typesetter for this series Ugh. but yeah so Horty Media's ending in the middle of March I'm going to go cry, cry myself asleep and cry in a pillow. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Japanaholic Podcast. If um, you enjoy this podcast, make sure to click that follow button. And follow my Twitter page if you haven't already. Or the uh, YouTube channel if you haven't. Um, but I'll be back same time next week, I think. If um, nothing goes wrong with my voice like it did a couple weeks ago. And I'll do it all over again. But for now, stay safe in this world as we enter March. I'm Taylor, the certified fan hunk, and I'm not good enough.